Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to Death is released weekly, every Wednesday, and brought to you absolutely free. But if you want ad-free listening and exclusive bonuses, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. Talking to Death is a production of Tenderfoot TV and iHeart Podcasts. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there he is on a little MacBook screen. What are you doing out what you, there? What, what you, where are you? I'm in the studio. Where are you at? I'm in Alaska still. Oh, what happened? Uh, well, I had to change our flights. <sighs> It's a logistical nightmare, folks. Um, it's a thing. Um, it takes a long time to get here, so once you're already out here, you kind of just got to make it work. I don't think I've ever needed a haircut as bad as I do right now, and I'm just turning into this Alaskan mountain man. I am just incapable of growing facial hair, but uh, if you can see it, which I hope you can't, it's this weird stubble that kind of accumulates over time. It's one of those like etch and sketch kind of vibes. I can never complete a full beard. I, I'm 36 and I can't grow a beard. Um, it's embarrassing. I hate it. There's a little patch right here that just never wants to complete. It's like someone put like tape right there and it just refuses to grow. Um, first world problems. But we're out here in Alaska still. Uh, Mike is not. Well, I'm in the office and it's dinner time, so I'm waiting for dinner. A- apparently, it's noon there or something. Uh, you guys it, look like you just it's woke 3 up. PM. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about how fun your flight was yesterday, though. It had to be a blast. Oh, it was amazing. Let me tell you about the second flight after I flew. What is it? Five hours from Anchorage to Seattle, then five more hours from Seattle to Atlanta overnight. So I landed. I got home at 6.20 a.m., and luckily I can't sleep on planes, so I'm very well rested. So you're refreshed. You're good. I feel great. Yeah, you got to be a man. new man. I'm not going to lie. Ever since you've left, we've got a little little bit lonelier, a little bit more oh. depressed, you know? No one's cooking you breakfast? You never cooked breakfast anyways. <laughs> um, no, I think it's one of those things where, honestly, the constant lack of daylight, just always being dark eventually starts to make you just feel different. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a bad thing yet, but I don't have any sort of rhythm or cycle to my day right now. This is the brightest it will get, and it's not that bright. It could be any hour of the day. But hey, we're here, and today I have a really fun guest. His name is Derek Hayes. This guy is pretty much a local Atlanta hometown hero, in my opinion. He's not originally from Atlanta, but he he moved here when he was uh, a kid. And this is a business genius that's making waves, not only in Atlanta, but all over the country. He was from Philadelphia originally, and he brought quite possibly the best Philly cheesesteak to Atlanta that I've ever had. It's called Big Dave's Cheesesteaks, and this guy has blown up this business and is someone who I look up to in terms of how to be an entrepreneur. Um, This guy has 
accomplished so much. He just was nominated for 40 Under 40 for Black Enterprise. The guy is a goat. He actually sent me a DM a few months ago and said, hey, uh, let's do a podcast. And this was before Talking to Death was, was out. I just, in the back of my head, was always thinking, man, this would be such a fun guest. He came over to the studio in Atlanta, and we chopped it up for about an hour or so. And then that night, he invited us out to this party he was throwing at Ponce City Market for him making the 40 under 40 Black Enterprise list. And I mean, I'm not going to lie, we were just straight VIP in that bitch. It was a blast. It was, it was amazing. This guy really didn't have to treat us with as much hospitality as he did. Um, but I was just flattered and I had a blast. And I consider this guy my friend now. Before you make any assumptions about how cool a cheesesteak business could be, let me tell you that this is quite possibly the fucking coolest. This guy is a mastermind and is taking over the country with new franchises for the business. His wife, Pinky Cole, has Slutty Vegan, if you've heard of that. They are on the pulse of hip-hop culture and the black community. I had so many questions for this guy. was super honored that he, was, that he wanted to talk to us at all. He is someone I think is super fun. I look up to. I aspire to have that. If I don't get that in my life, it's fine. But man, it would be cool. Building a business isn't easy. I've been doing it for seven years plus with Tenderfoot. I, I admire his risk-taking ability, and I think he's got uh, he's got what it takes to succeed, and he's not afraid of failing. And I think that is super important. And no matter what you're doing, you got to have a little bit of that in you to make it out here. And I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. Here it is, Derek Kay's episode six. Well, thanks for coming, man. No, man, let's, let's, let's make this history. I, I uh, just been watching you on the internet and it seems like every other day you're killing something else. <laughs> what is um like how, how'd you get here and like if, for those who don't know who you are and what you do and what you've done just give me a little little history lesson on what you're up to well my name is Derek Hayes aka Big Dave a lot of people call me Big Dave that's my dad I named my business after him yeah okay I was gonna ask you because like I me mean, your name isn't Dave but, yeah no nah, okay. he passed away from lung cancer um in 2009 Oh, wow. And I wanted to make his uh, his name live on. I wanted to, you know, honor him in the right way. So I wound up opening Big Dave Cheesesteaks. You know, I'm not a big guy, but he was a big guy, so <laughs> I represent the big name. Nah, but um, I'm a kid out of West Philly, um, mm -hmm. born and raised just like, you know, Will, you know what I'm saying, straight out of West. <laughs> Never um, heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get tired of hearing that? I'm used to it now. I'm used to it now, but... um. I uh, I was an inner city kid, you know what I'm saying, just trying to figure life out, uh, on the grind always, um, was around my friends, I always was a hustler though, like uh -huh. you know, I used to sell bean pies and newspapers when I was a little kid on the, on the corners, shoveling snow for like the richer neighborhoods, uh -huh. I always was, you know, trying to go out there and make my own dollar, but along the way, you know, um, just being in the situations and the environments I was in, you know, I wanted more. I wanted to, you know, be somebody. I wanted to represent something differently than the, the opportunities that was in front of me. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from, though? Why did you feel that way? Um, I think because, you know, at the certain, it's like it's like at a certain amount of time of you in a situation, um, if you want more out of life, you'll get tired of it, you know. And I didn't want to be a procrastinator. Like, I really wanted to make something different in my life. Uh -huh. So 2000, um, I would say 2002, uh, my father and my mother uh, sent me to Athens, Georgia. Um, my grandmother my, I mean, and my grandfather was already residing there. And I used to go down in the summertime. So they was like, you know, you're going to go down there and finish high school because high school was rough for me in Philly. I'm getting in trouble and all that. And what I'm, are you doing? No, just being, you know, in the environments you are. Like, in Philly, when I was in school, this is the way it worked. Like, mm -hmm. your neighborhood might be going through with another neighborhood. Like on some on beefing or something yeah, or what? Yeah, on some beefing, on some beefing stuff. And like, really? You got, I walked to school, you know, it ain't. ain't okay, you know, so it's like, oh shit, don't go down the wrong street for real. Yeah. Yeah, you got to walk in the neighborhood. So it's a lot of stuff that, you know, was happening at that time. So, um, you know, my parents thought that, you know, 
it'd be good for me to just get another opportunity, you know, um, you know, a shot at life. And when I came to Athens, I'm like, oh man, what, what is this? Like, I never <laughs> a lot went, of white people. Yeah, I never went to school at the races. But also, go dogs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but not needless to say, I had the funnest damn time of my life at the Did party. You, I mean, it's pretty hard to not have fun there. I feel like <laughs> no, but for real. culture shock. I'm sure. No, it was, but <laughs> it taught me a lot of different things because then now from the other side, I'm seeing a whole another side of life. That I never seen, you know. Um, Which was what? Like, what were you, what was different? Just, just the the culture side of opportunity, you mm. know. Just seeing like, you know, kids be able to take extracurricular activities and actually can afford the shit and stuff like that. <laughs> right. So, yeah. You know, it's like stuff like that. So I'm like, you know, this is actually cool if my friends or if other people around in certain areas that I came up in yeah. had these opportunities. Man, a lot of people would be, you know, a lot more successful in being able to help the world. And I, I took that in. And um, you, so you wanted to be able to do that for like your family, your friends, like what you were seeing around you. Yeah, with, like, the wanted, opportunities that were there. For yeah, them. but when I was living in it in the beginning, I didn't know it was the opportunity because, uh-huh. again, you come from an environment and then you come to a new environment and you're like, I don't belong here. Like, what's going on? So you felt like an outsider. Yeah, in the beginning. In the beginning. But. I started to realize that, you know, I do belong here. Um, this is where God picked me and this is where I'm going to succeed at to change my life. And that's what I did. It's really you kind of just adapted to. Oh, no, definitely adapted. It wasn't an easy adapt. It was like me getting into, you know, premature altercations with people. And I remember my first day of school, um, teacher, I forgot her name. I think her name was Miss Sharp. Um, I said to her, she said something to me and she was like, um, she said something and I was like, yeah, she was, she was like, you mean yes, ma'am. Uh-oh. And I'm saying to myself in my head, like, yes, ma'am. Like, I don't call nobody that, but again, it's That's a different, some Southern, like polite shit. Yeah. Right? But it was a different upbringing. But then over time I started to see like, it's certain little things of life that I missed out on, even though I had a good upbringing, but those right. type of, um, principles and morals that I've seen in the South. So, so you kind of learn like, okay, I should say yes, ma'am. Like yeah. a very simple exchange. Yeah. But you're picking up on these other ways people are operating yeah. essentially, right? And then I'm looking at on the other side of it, I'm meeting people and like I was an athlete. So a lot of my athlete friends, they got uh, weight benches in their driveways, <laughs> green right. grass and all that. I'm like, man, you know, I'm from the hood. Like ain't no green grass, ain't no driveways. You know right. what I'm saying? Like that was different for me. So all of these things was a privilege. I'm like, y'all understand. And then they telling me, oh, this hot hood. I'm like, this hot hood? You mean this is like the suburbs compared yeah, to my this hood? This is a nice hood. This is yeah. a nice hood. There's an HOA here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, you know, what was the first big step that you took as an entrepreneur that got you set on the journey that you're on now? Believing in myself. You know, like you can wake up every morning and you could be like, you're going to do something when you get out the bed. But if you already missed that hour that you saw you was going to get up, you already missed that opportunity. So I said with this opportunity, I was really going to take it. So I told myself, like, I'm going to be a a legal serial entrepreneur. And what I mean by that is that I didn't might have the education a lot of entrepreneurs had at that time. Mm -hmm. But as long as I had the first step of saying I want to be it, I'm going to be it and I'm not going to quit the bid. That's the approach I took. And man, like. All the roller coaster rides I've been in, it taught me something. Like no, no professor could teach me these things in the classroom. Right. Because like nobody could teach you how to lose like a half a million dollars in a month not knowing what you're doing in business. Like there's no class. No, for there's that. no class for that. So these are the things that I learned along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I could teach people through experience. Like mm-hmm. I'm not telling people, and nothing wrong with you know people that took the the educational route, sure. route or even professors, but I lived it. Yeah. So me living it like. I'm, a, I'm I'm now can say like a student can be the listener of a teacher to say, oh, yeah, my teacher actually lived these moments and actually lived it. Mm-hmm. And these are the ways that he did it with the roller coaster rides. And I could tell you what not to do so you don't get in those jam ups, because in business, you can have a million dollars, two million dollars in the business account. Do it wrong in 30 days. You have negative 100,000. Mm-hmm. You know how it go. Like, so like, for sure. Yeah. So like what I'm saying is like, you really got to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So when I took the the point in my life to understand like, okay, D, you got to the point of popularity. You got to the point of the growth of the business. Now it's time to scale. What do you got to do to scale? You got to go hire the experience that you don't know. You got to be around people smarter than you. Also, you're recognizing the fact that maybe you're not the best at this particular yeah. thing and there's someone out there that is. It's always somebody listening. And so you've got to be humble enough to do yeah, that too, right? Yeah, it's always, listen, I tell people, 
as good as I am and everything that I've done in my career so far as an entrepreneur, it's going to be somebody better at something. Mm-hmm. But what you do with your power while you got the ball is what make you a legendary. Yeah. What make you legend. That can't be replaced. It's a difference between somebody being good at something and somebody made something legendary because it's how many people you brung up in that situation. To you, what's being legendary? What What's that mean to you? What makes What makes a legend to me is knowing that I can build locations and give 30 to 40 new people jobs, um, career startups, uh, yeah. opportunities at life that they didn't have, that they may have been stuck in life. Like it's people in my company that didn't have resources or opportunities that now have those resources and opportunities to be able to spread their wings and grow inside my company. So that's bigger than the dollar. That's bigger than the actual self of the business and that's bigger than me because mm. it's a it's like a whole nest of help of every time you go to a new city or a new neighborhood all of these people who probably america says that you know that's in the way or what are they doing this gives at least a percentage a good amount of of the percentage of those people to see that if somebody looks just like them even if they don't look like me mm-hmm. a different culture can change mindsets coming in the big dave system that's the way i look at it Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is that one of the things that, I mean, because it, it's really hard. I'm sure what you're doing is not easy, right? And it's, it's, it's just always some new obstacle. But is that one of the things that keeps your drive going? Because at a certain point, you know, do you have to realign why you were doing this at all? So let me tell you. I'm, Didn't you already I'm, achieve a lot of the things that you set out to do? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that, right? It's so, interesting, right? Yeah, that's real interesting. So I'm going to tell you, the part that that's hard for me mm-hmm is keep leveling the experience of the brand mm. because you can't be looked upon as last year as you is now. They have to see the level and that comes through believing in your people, right? So the upside of what I'm doing that don't feel like a job is I love motivating people. Yeah, That's easy for me. That's a layup. You know what I'm saying? I love giving people inspiration. I love seeing somebody who may have been down but might have listened to me, had a conversation with me or watched me say, I got the ball back. My battery is charged again. I'm going to get through these hard times. Right. That feels better than anything. So that part, to me, is not even work. That's like what God gave me, the ability for people to believe in the missions that I'm driven in. Does that charge you doing that? Yeah, hell yeah. 
charge me. Like if I'm not doing that, uh-huh. I'm stagnant. And if I'm stagnant, I'm like quicksand. Like I, I it's like I, it's like sometimes you know, I'm like a little kid that uh got like like a lot of sugar in them. Like <laughs> right. I can't sit still when it comes to wasteless time and hours of a day. I have to go out there and chase and go get it. Like if I feel uh-huh. like I'm sitting stagnant, I feel like I'm losing the moments that God has given me right now to be able to grow because everybody don't have the opportunity that I'm having right now. Mm-hmm. So who motivates you? The people. So you, you get your motivation from your own, like your own motivation. Yeah, you know, like people. people look at the biggest people in the world and be like, oh man, that person motivates me. Not to say that they don't motivate me because uh-huh. um, a lot of the big dogs motivate me out in the world right now. That's in the industries and not in the industry that I, I'm in. But I get motivated off of looking at the kid on Instagram who may have a a, a bow tie company or or a little kid that's um you know they got the little they got the water boys in Atlanta you know I seen them yeah. you know transition that into a company which is inspiring you know like those things inspire me even when people don't know that I'm watching when they just think that I'm pouring out they pouring into me too to be giving me the to be able to have the strength to be able to go out there every single day mm-hmm. and be this person that I am right now in this world because it ain't easy when distractions come your way. I wake up every day with a distraction, you know, every single day is a different thing, whether it's um, somebody need opportunity in a certain way or it's somebody that's not getting opportunity in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that you have to develop in when it comes to growth because you're going to lose friends along the way. You know what I mean? You can't please everybody. Yep. But what I'm learning is I'm trying to do the right thing for me to be able to help people develop into what I built. And for those who don't know, the water boys in Atlanta are like the kids who sell bottled waters at like the stop yeah. signs and stuff. Uh, how much are you buying those waters for? Let me uh, let me tell you how much I bought into them waters. Before it became a company, uh-huh. I actually hired the water boys and brought them inside of Big Dave's. I actually gave them jobs. It was on the news. I took them up Just the Just to work at the restaurant or what? Yeah, I wanted to give them opportunity because, listen, yeah. again, if you go rewind back mm-hmm. what I said, I sold bean pies and newspapers right. on a corner. You were doing that same thing. So when I right. when I drove past them, I was like, man, listen, it's people out here that won't go get a job, that actually break the law. Uh-huh. These kids out here on the corner doing things. Now, you know, granted, it might have been some stuff that happened in between of, of what's going on, but that's just like anything else in the world. You're going right, exactly. to have the, the good seeds and the bad seeds, and you can't paint that out for them to be a bad seed. As a whole, I've seen them, them boys out there, you know, um, right. you know, selling waters, you know, they wasn't, you know, even if they wasn't selling the water, they were entrepreneurs. So let me tell you why. When somebody can make you give up money without getting a product, oh, yeah. well, they, they you're got an me, entrepreneur. So. <laughs> like, you sold me something and I didn't get my product. You're good. You're a salesman. You are an entrepreneur. I they bought one are... recently. I gave, I gave him 20 bucks for it yeah. on Cash App. But then his boy came up and was like, yo, what about me? I'm like, yeah. yo, split it with your boy. But guess I'm what? Like, they, it, but they right? got I'm their hustle. I'm not going to pay 40. But like, no, he got me. I'm like, yo, like, hit your boy up on that one. <laughs> but they <Gotta> got, go. <laughs> yeah, but they got their hustle. But what I appreciate out of all of that is, when you really, because like I, I, I'm in a different stage in my life right now, so I'm looking at the mirror differently than they looking at it right now. But they don't even realize inside themselves that they're a hell of a salesman to be able to get money, For currency. Sure. You even, appreciate that. Yeah, now. you appreciate yeah. it later on to say I was actually able to get these things yep. without even actually giving you the product. Yep. That's like a that's like the best car salesman in the world. <laughs> right. You win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you win. You got me and I yeah. just did it willingly. <laughs> exactly. So I think um those are the things when I mean creating opportunity. Mm-hmm. So just like you just said with those water boys, yep. just imagine right now it's a millions and millions and millions of water boys out there mm-hmm. that if they just was in the right moments of life, right. you know, they would have the opportunities to be able to show people who they really are as human beings. That's how I look at everything when it comes to the community-driven give back of the society that we live in. Because if you look at all the four walls around the United States right now, mm-hmm. all of it is broken down into basically stages when it comes to your net worth. What do you mean? Um, you Your environment is around what your household income is. Mm. And, and, and I think those things, when you are able to take a kid outside of a lower-class income neighborhood, right? And you put them in a, just say if you put them in an average income neighborhood of uh, $150,000, $200,000, that leap of a jump will be able to give him, it's like a alley-oop to a slam dunk because mm-hmm. that's like taking a kid that was in a $250,000 medium income neighborhood to living in a $2 million to $5 million uh, medium 
um, income neighborhood. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The yep, level yep. of opportunity yeah. changes. And now I think what I'm doing and what I'm going to do mm-hmm. is keep giving those level of opportunities to be able to help the brand. And that's why I'm franchising right now. Which is a, an amazing idea. Also, yeah. I applaud you for doing that. Thank it's, you. It's really cool and it's exciting to see it all coming together. Thank you. How important has it been for you to infuse black culture into your businesses and just even from a you know, branding standpoint to a lifestyle to everything or like involving the community? Because that's how I look at it and it's, it seems like you're doing it the best way you possible i mean how important is it to you it's, as, it's, as it's really it's really important because if you if you look at the way i built the big davis brand you got mm-hmm. food but everything outside that food is corridors to something else like you got the culture in rap music you got the culture in sports you got the culture in business you got the culture in philanthropy you got the culture in speaking you know all of those elements of power comes into that one element of the empire of food. And I was able to take all of those things and make people fall in love with all of those areas. And that's how I built the brand. I made the culture understand that this is a business that sells sandwiches, but it's bigger than that. Right. Because I was a kid that, you know, America could have looked at to say, you know, maybe didn't see those spect- high expectations for me, or maybe did I see them, didn't see them for myself. But when you get in certain opportunity levels you're able to say okay wait a minute i was getting tricked out of my spot i know that i can do this and mm-hmm. that's what it did for me early on in the ninth grade going to athens see how life works yeah if i never seen that i might not never believe that when i'm doing all the way right now because i don't know that it's possible that's why i said yeah the level of opportunity always beats disbelief do you f- ever feel pressure to what pressure man that's a nah, great response. No, no, no. I feel pressure. Um, and I'm going to tell you why. Because, so I got 144 lives in my hands, mm-hmm. right? And that's my- A lot of people. My, 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 my a lot of livelihoods, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Like, so outside of Big Dave's, I've built my life to be able to sustain everything that I've got going on as far as like, I get paid to speak. Um, I got, you know, real estate, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, 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 I'm in a good position without my business. Right. Sure. But I worry about the livelihood of every single member under any of my roof and my brand and outside my roofs. Um, and meaning that you don't never know how the economy, you know, it hits, it goes up and down like roller coasters. So yeah, there's a lot that's out of your control, right? Yeah. So I take my best practice in being a, a, a good businessman, a great CEO and, you know, making sure that my business and my books and everything is in order so that I survive the months where business might be slower. Because, listen, there's a difference between you got one location and you having a bad month. If you got a bad month on seven different things, man, like. Yeah, a and lot I don't even of, know what that is like. Yeah. I'm just doing the math here. So I guess you're just timesing it by seven. Yeah. It's so a it's big like a loss so, or a big win, right? Yeah, you can have a big loss or a big win. But thankfully, you know. I've been having a lot of big wins, um, and this has been my winning season, and I'm going into my storm. 2024 is going to be my storm. What's the storm going to be The storm like? is going to be me franchising. Um, the storm is going to be uh, more Big Dave's getting built corporately. Mm-hmm. The storm is going to be they see that the brand just up, uh, um, get to the, you know a higher level of what I've been doing through the year to year. And now this year, they actually going to see that it's getting the roses that it always deserved because mm-hmm. sometimes you can have something really good and have it too good too fast and you got to pivot. Right. Um, and I got a lot of popularity, you know, real fast after, you know, a certain amount of time. And So what'd you do with that? Because you feel like, hey, I got to make sure I make this shit work now and um, not just celebrate my, too much or what? My passion, my passion uh, was getting me through a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Passion is not going to be the only thing that get me to the top. Right. Um, it's going to be understanding uh, between wants and needs and the principles of that. Because, like, I can I can be sitting here talking to you and my passion can be driven so much at a high expectation level. But if I don't go out and get the things and the tools I need to get that's inside that passion that I got built up... Mm-hmm. I still can't make the dream work. Then you're all talk. I'm all talk. 
Because yeah. then you're just a, a person that's a dreamer. You ever heard somebody say, man, you're just a big dreamer? Oh, yeah. I, I know some dreamers. Exactly. A lot of people, I think every single American or outside of America is a dreamer. But what I'm saying is, like, how many people are going to actually put the dream and drive? Mm -hmm. So for you, how do you do that? Because everyone always says, you know, stuff like believe in yourself and blah, blah, blah. But, like, how do you actually take that into an action? Um, I never said this publicly, and I'm going to say it to you. I'm going to drop it to you. All right. Um, this is how I really feel about that question. I feel like God didn't uh, give me breath inside my body to waste time. He brought me here to create to create environments and mm -hmm. opportunity. And everything that he built as a student, I'm going to become a teacher. So you feel obligated with your life that you're given yeah. to, to, to do this stuff. Yeah, I mean, listen. Or you're blowing it. No. That's how you feel, right? Yeah, like, because like this is the whole thing. This is the whole thing, right? So- I was my 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 uh, friend just said this to me last week and it was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Some people um think about the next generation, some people think about right now. Some people are hustling for the next 300 years. Right. I want to hustle <clears throat> for the next 300 years. Because if I hustle for the next 300 years, then my kids 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 are good. You get what I'm saying? You think about you thinking about the generations of yeah. of your family and yeah. This, your entire legacy, yeah. essentially, right? So I built, so put it this way, just like you, your parents now built a generation that brought you in. Mm -hmm. Now you carry the torch. It's like a baton, like sure. a running track. Like you have to pass that to the next generation. And then if you don't do that, that's when the generational wealth gap happens and it comes into a disaster of the generation. Yeah. Because all of us may not know, we may have came from generations hundreds of years ago that actually was wealthy. It, right. You actually know, and Who it just knows? passed to the Maybe, wrong hand. Yeah. It might have went to the wrong hand. You just never know. But it didn't I'm save saying, any for me if they did. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You had to create it. So now <laughs> yeah. that you created it, now that you know these things, you know that shit. Honestly, maybe you, your kids ain't as strong as you and be able to build the same legacy you built. Right. But if you teach them how to carry that legacy, it's easier. Listen, I tell people this all the time. It's harder to build an engine than it is to start a car. <laughs> oh, yeah. You get what I'm saying? I do, yeah. So if I can go ahead and start a car and then build that engine, I'm building, I built the engine. All you do is start the car, and you, and you work on the next model coming out because that model been built for you in front of you mm -hmm. and showed you the next legacy where you're supposed to chase. Now, if I show you nothing, mm -hmm. you got to start from scratch, and I might not have made you strong enough to do that, but I know I was. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Describe one of the hardest times in your career when you were starting out, busting your ass, grinding, long hours, probably not a lot of sleep, trying to make Dave's work. Like, what was that? Like, try to remember back when, like, because also I think the mentality is probably different back then because in that grind mode when you've not achieved that level of success like you have, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a, in some ways it's, the mindset is easier because you have almost nothing to lose. Yeah. But now you have something to lose because you've built so much. Like, but, like, but now you just have to like elevate and yeah. evolve. But like, take me back to that time when you're like, let's make this shit go. So, so it's two different sides to the coin of this, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a better entrepreneur and a better businessman than I was then. Because I went through those mistakes, because I, I went through those experiences that you're talking about. That those were the ugly truths of learning how to actually operate a business. Now, I moved off of a lot of panic back then. Um, what do you mean? Uh, if something go wrong, I gotta, how, you know, like I'm all over the place instead of just taking my time. Mm-hmm. Like the root to a problem is understanding the solution of the problem. Right. You have to, like, if 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 I now go to the find the the, the root of the problem, right? Now I have to put a policy in place that fixed that problem. Mm-hmm. Back then I was fixing problems and wasn't paying policy. I was just fixing, like fix, 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 fix. Now I'm fixing and paying policy so that don't happen again so that the company can grow. It can elevate. It can turn into something else because if I don't do those things, then it, it becomes a popular disaster. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to tell a popular story. I want to tell a legendary story when I'm dead and gone. I I may, I, I may, um, not outlive this name of this brand, right? Mm-hmm. But what I want is I want this brand to live while I'm dead. Why want, do you want that so badly? Um, Because I know that if kids read a story about something that was just like them, mm-hmm. even if it was 1% of them that read it or or believed it, it's, it's just like I was telling you before. It's something that I'm painting a picture so that they can believe like I would do for my kids if I'm passing generational wealth to them. You're looking at it like the other you out there. Right? Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of other me's out there. Right. As soon as they get the resources and the opportunities, they're gonna be able to show who they are. And even if I never give them a dime, I gave them a resource by looking at me, saying that they can do it too. Um, so a lot of people miss that aspect of what are you doing for um, people? If people can look at a reflection of you, and if you're out there doing something where I'm gonna tell you, shit. Half the time, I might want to be living like a regular American. Sometimes I want to go out there and, you know, just like my old days. But I have to, you know, make sure that, you know, it's kids looking at me now. It's people looking at me now. Yeah. I have to make sure that I am being the the picture that I painted to them to give them that motivation. Now I'm not perfect. I'm gonna have my imperfections. I ain't painting that picture. I ain't sure, painting the right. picture that I'm just perfect, dude. But what I am painting is that. I got my stuff together, and if you believe that, you'll have your stuff together too. And you're taking that responsibility seriously. I take right? it very seriously because I know how important it is to be in a, in a trap. And what I mean is the trap is if if every day that we wake up, me and you can't inspire each other, we in a trap. You have to see something to get inspired. We're people. And if you can't get inspired off of anything, you're around, you're around nothing every day. I want people to see what, what's out here. It's more life out here. There's a lot of life out here that we've never seen. And me believing in this cheesesteak company has made me see so many different cities, so many different states, so many different countries, meet so many different people, different ethnic groups, backgrounds, everything mm-hmm. off of believing in this sandwich helped me understand that it's a lot more life to live out here. Right. So what would be your what would be your advice to someone who maybe doesn't have that inspiration, motivation in their life? Go right? hang around it. Go hang go around. Go hang it. around it. You don't where, have where to do you, have. Where it. do you look for that? Where do you find that? I don't care if you go. Listen, you can you can go go to a Starbucks. Go go go. I don't care where you go. Just go around something that's not what you've been around and see if that can give you a spark. It's like it's like being in a bad relationship every day, whether. It's a personal or a business matter don't matter. If that relationship isn't leveling you up, you in the mm-hmm. wrong relationship. I see. You see what I'm saying? Because you ain't supposed to be the man you was last year. You're supposed to be a better man. Now you might have went through way more shit than you went sure. through a year to year, but it's up for you to understand psychologically what you prepare for because now you have to understand that life is going to be life, but you got to move on from those things because you've been through those environments and those systems already. So you can't go backwards and say, oh man, I'm gonna let 
this person get to me that said this about me or did this. You're always going to get talked about whether it's going to be good or bad. My grandfather always told me this. He said, they're going to talk about you whether it's good or bad. So do it any damn way. <laughs> right, yeah. They're going to talk shit either way. Yeah, good so do it any yeah, damn yeah, way. No, and, very true. And, and the thing is, when you had that mindset, you don't worry about... Look, I used to be that guy that used to be like, hey, I got to ask a couple of my friends, like, what do you think about this? Should I do it? No, I'm doing it now off of my gut. Why, why were you asking that? Why were you pulling the room like that? You can have... It's not a confidence thing. It's more so that... Validation? You want to make a validation, right? Mm-hmm. But the only validation that you have is your gut. So in you, real life. But you've changed that? You're saying that you used to do that, but now you don't as much? No, like I still, no, what I mean is I still, no, I do more so. I live off of the validation of what I believe in, but mm-hmm. I have a structure to my validation now. So it makes sense. So it's not just like I'm jumping off the cliff for every single thing. But like, okay, for example, if I got to spend $700,000 to build a location, mm-hmm. I don't want to uh, just go off of with, people validate i have to feel it right i don't feel it it ain't getting built there i don't care how the validation is because i have to understand that i feel good about the thing that i always been believing in and it's this brand and the way i've been building it because you ever heard that um that um they say if the uh if it ain't if it ain't broke don't fix it Mm -hmm. right so my my psychological logic to that is if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But polish if it ain't even broke. Um, I think my uh my homegirl just said something like that. Milano, um, she have a clothing company, and you always gotta work on something every single time. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like when you make it better, yeah, right? Like even if it's a small nuanced thing, but yeah, because think about it. it. If if I come on your show again in two years, and right? It's the same exact thing. I didn't see growth from this. Here he is talking the same stuff. Yeah, if I come on there two two years, even later, richer. Yeah, <laughs> don't yeah, and and now I can talk to you and we having the same conversation, but I can tell the level up of your brand. Right, I can feel it. I'd want you to hopefully see that in me. Yeah, if, if hopefully I progress in yeah, some way. Yeah, because like guess that, what? Right? Because guess what? I might have came on your podcast right at that time, and my battery just ain't charged. And happened sometime. I might have walked in and said, damn, man, two years ago, I remember coming into your podcast and now you got a whole big damn building. You doing these things. <laughs> right. But you get what I'm saying? So totally. now I'm saying to myself, like, yo, man, like that's inspiring. I actually was on his podcast and I seen him grow. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean by growth. Yeah. And you, so, you want to see people around you doing that, too. And yeah. So like, and that's where it comes back to you being sort of the natural motivator. Right. Yeah. Like it takes a lot of juice to be. To be me every day. But this is the thing. I'm not doing this for your likelihood. Right. I'm doing this because it makes me feel good when I wake up in the morning. Um, so it's right. not it's not uh your opinion um is not stopping me or making me move forward on what I want to be out of my life. You got any haters out there? I mean everybody got haters. The hardest thing when it comes to the whole hating environment is uh-huh. that people just don't understand how you did it. How did you make it? Why did God pick you? So they're jealous or confused? They or... don't even understand what they are. Mm-hmm. They just know it right. feels better when there is a person that get the success they don't know. I would put it that way. If it if they don't know the person, it feels better because then you can congratulate them, right? But if you knew them, more so likely your haters are going to be the people that watched you get to the bag or watched you get to the success because... They can't figure out their wants and their needs, but if they had took the likelihood to say, you know what, I'm gonna jump on this thing that's working and let's build together. So they listen. Everybody want their ego stroked. Everybody want to feel good, but mm-hmm. the only thing that that's gonna happen is your hard work. Why? Why do people think that you're you're the person that's supposed to get these things to happen for you? And that's showing who you are as a person. If you just think that these things are gonna fall in your lap, it's not. You can wake up every day. Everybody thinks they're special. You know, we tell ourselves that all day, but you're not special to the world. You might be special to yourself, but Mm -hmm. what makes you special to the world is when they can feel what type of heart you are, what type of human you are, what type of special energy that you're putting into the world to make the world better. That's what makes people pour into you. And when people are not doing that, they wonder why, you know, things aren't happening for them. And even when people are doing those things, I think everything is timing. Like, you know, I've been doing these things for for years and years and years. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times I wasn't getting hand claps. But I wasn't doing it for the hand clap. Right. I you, was doing it because I wanted to do it and it felt good. 
Um, you were going to do it no matter if you, if you made it or not. Yeah, because this is the thing. I knew that I seen other lives. Like I seen, like I've seen lives change through my business. I've seen people come to me publicly and say, listen, mm -hmm. you made me want to be a better me. You made me get out the streets. You made me stop selling drugs. Like you made me yeah. want to get an LLC. Like these things is what pour into me. Yeah. That like, I would imagine gets you through the hard times that you have to navigate. Yeah, but shit, sometimes I'm pouring into them and I'm having a hard time. <laughs> right, no, I'm right. Pouring, no, for real. Like, I got, I got, I got rich people problems. Like, <laughs> right. I got like need a million dollars tomorrow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? What's you know a saying? rich person problem you have? Um, you could say it. The richest, the richest person problem I probably had was, um, man, shit, everything, just building, <laughs> like, right. you just spending millions of dollars a year, you know, building these locations. Sure. I mean, you. You know, I see millions go and come and go and come and, you know, and I know I'm building a massive empire, so that feels good. But, you know, the way I look at a million dollars might not be the way somebody else looks at a million dollars, you know. And growing up as a kid, I used to wish to God to say, God, I just need a million dollars and I'm going to be rich forever. Right. My bills, you know, <laughs> right. like, you know, so I'm looking at that like, you know, the spendages is a million dollars. So, uh -huh. like, when you're looking at it that way, you know, that. You have grown so many levels in life that you got other people problems now, you know, and I've grown to have those people problems. And it's a gift and a curse. But what I could say is I'm the one percent that made it and then believe that I can get that far. And that's what feels good right now. And I'm going to give myself those flowers every single time. Do you feel like you did it feel weird or validating whenever you seem to start getting your flowers from people? Um, this actualized success in the eyes of peers and fans or the internet? No, because you know why? If I keep dropping 30 a game, you're going to eventually give me a scoring title. Right. I said, if I keep dropping 30 a game, they're going to eventually recognize and see what I'm doing. So it's nothing different than basketball, you know? Yeah. It's a sport. Entrepreneurship is a sport. You know, like just like I just made um, 40 Under 40 uh, two days ago, Black Enterprise. Um, Thank you for that. Um honorable uh, recognition no, great job that's all yeah thank you and i just got called uh colonel sanders by forbes a week or two before that you know so these things are like which i actually love that title do you, do you, do you like that name <laughs> no, they gave you? I, I, I think it's kind I of love, badass no i love that title because you <laughs> so know you it's, pick them though right no it's no it shows this it shows the level of um where people see you know when it comes to like those recognitions it lets me know that people are recognizing the brand at a high level they see where i'm going in the brand and that lets me know that i've been doing the right thing even when the claps wasn't happening for me people are watching mm -hmm. and that's what people understand like every time that someone um or you do something great someone isn't going to clap like right now i can call my mom right now i'm like mom i just did this she's so used to my accomplishments now she's <laughs> right. just like Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, you know. Exactly. But I'd be like, no, mom, this is a real big. No, this, this one's like the, more this important is, than yeah, the this last is one. Like way bigger. She's like, that's great, honey. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like you know that lets me know that um, I'm doing things in the world right now that's even inspiring the person I came out of. Yeah. Um, because they're so used to the accomplishments. It's like no, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Like you. So it's like you know you still you know honestly like I still get up every morning and look at Google and see what stories I got out right yeah and to be honest some of the storylines I'd be like oh this this is like crazy but but <laughs> like so, some like yeah TMZ yeah but some of the stuff that I be some of the stuff that I make I'm actually like I used to read these papers as kids and mm -hmm. and these things like it's not too many outlets right now that exist I haven't been in mm -hmm. off of a cheesesteak. <laughs> right. You get what I'm saying? Which is wild to think about, yes, honestly. When, and 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 that's what I mean when you come to like um the one percent, the ones that's not gonna give up, the ones that's gonna keep going. Let me tell you something. You could look at this and say, This is the room. Uh -huh. If you get to the room, he gets to the room, he gets to the room, I'm in the room. No matter how each of us got to that room, we made it to that room. Right. If you played golf, he played soccer, he cooked, and I was a dishwasher, I became a famous dishwasher, I made it up to that room. Yep. Guess what? You're successful. Yep. That's how I look at you. Yep. All I'm looking at right now is classism. Maybe you snuck in the back door. You still got here. Exactly. Right. Don't matter. Even if I was a fly on the wall, I'm in that room. Mm -hmm. Even if I didn't have a seat at the table, y'all closed the door and allowed me to be in that room. That's how appreciative I am. But if you let me in a room, I'm going to make my own table. And I'm going to get a chair to that table uh -huh. every single time because I'm always going to be me. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 
16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Where does this, uh, what's the end game? The where end game. It, where does it, or does it end? What's the, what's the final goal? Um, man, like, it's, it's even harder now because, you know, I'm married to another entrepreneur. Let's talk about her, actually, if you don't mind. <laughs> She's so, also a, a legend. Yeah, so, like, even just being beside my wife every single day, the level. Is it hard? With her um, being also so damn successful, no, I think it's it's a blessing for me. You know, a lot of people. Does it motivate me. you? Yeah, I mean, like my wife is on the time one hundred. Mm-hmm. Like now, that gives me a level of say. You know, even if I never get that, you know, I know that the person that I'm spending enough the rest of my life with has accomplished that. So we did it together. Like it's a lot of these things that whether she get the hand clap or I get it, we get it together. So you I get take to share that, that, which is cool. Yeah, that moment. Yeah. Like, do you know, like even at the Time 100 event um, that we went to that she was getting honored at, I'm sitting at the table with the editors of Time 100. I get the chance to talk to them. Yeah. You know, moments of um, opportunity. Again, that's the resource that provided that opportunity. So, yeah. you know, I take all these things in as a blessing. You know, even the things that I got coming in that she could do the same thing. So we're able to, like, wash each other back, man, and it's a good feeling. It's like a level of motivation because sometimes in weeks I go through downsides where, you know, I might have some level of uh, not even dismotivation, just like, you know, it can be like, you know, Rocky. You getting punched around. You got to just keep getting back up. Tough tough spot. Yeah, tough right. spot. And um, the motivation from her, the encouragement of words. Yeah. Like, and same thing I do for her every single time. So I think that's the blessing of being at a high level that we at right now because mm-hmm. you can take the best entrepreneurs, some of the best entrepreneurs in the world right now, mm-hmm. and stick them in our businesses and our lives for a month. They'll fold under pressure. Because it all looked good. There's a lot of hand claps that come with it, but it takes a it takes endless hours of meetings, um, endless hours of traveling, endless hours of being on Zooms, endless hours of coming up planning. Some days me and her are only getting honestly, this is no cap. Some days we're getting probably six or seven hours of just real time between sleep and family time. Sure. Yeah. You know, just just sometimes we're looking at the whiteboard for Man, eight, nine hours, up to 12 hours sometimes, planning on what the next year look like. And what we're actually planning for 2026 right now. Damn. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So we already have our 2024 planned out. 2025, 2026 now is going into planning. We wow. already know what, 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 what uh, 
magazines that covers that we want, already accomplishments that we we want to mm-hmm. achieve because even if it seemed too big for you now, those are the things that you have to look forward to in your You're goals. You're setting those as like you have to. markers and, you know, Goals. Like, yeah. like, I hope GQ watches this. I, I know one day I'm gonna be on the cover. Of, and we gotta both be on there at the same time. Yeah, honestly, I'm gonna be on the cover yeah. of GQ. Like, I'm that'd be gonna, tight. I mean, who the, that would be a, a bucket yeah, list it win. Would. Right? It would. Yeah, it would. But those are the things that, like, I say to to put in the universe that I believe. Mm-hmm. Every let me tell you something about me. Okay. Everything that I put out in the universe happened. Why is that? You think? Um, because I believe it, and there's no human in this world gonna stop me from doing it. So you put it out there to to make it real. I put it out there because I believed it to make it real when I believed it. Right. So I already lived it already. Now it's time to make it happen in real life. You feel so, like you're letting yourself down if you don't listen, go every, for it or get it? Everything, it everything that I dreamed from the moment of that gas station to now, I've dreamed it. May not have been the moments of the moment, but I've dreamed the level of success. Mm-hmm. I've dreamed the level of uh, popularity. I actually even dreamed the level of just giving people that inspiration through me. I, I dreamed of all these things when I was just in that little gas station on a broken fryer and a broken grill. Mm-hmm. I believed it. Now, I always knew it was up for just the people to see who I was as, as a person and believe that. But yeah. I already dreamed it. Like when you dream something, you don't want to dream and say, oh, man, that was a wild dream. What if that happened? Then I dreamed it and I said I needed to happen. Uh-huh. I'm going to make it happen because that dream felt too good. Right. I That's can't what, think about this and not I cannot live, at least try to live this. Yes, right? I cannot live day to day of my life in this world not trying to be able to make this dream happen because it drove me crazy. That dream of mine drove me crazy and it drove me crazy every single day still today of level of levels that I'm trying to get to in life. It drives yeah. me nuts. Really? Because I love the dream I'm in right now. Yeah. And when I dream, I dream more. I dream more and dream more. It's not saying that, oh, God gave you enough. You should be happy. No, it's not that. It's the addiction to the dream of seeing this massive empire actually be something that you thought it could be from a little gas station. So it, it's probably easy for people to look at your life, career, and success and say, okay, like he started here and now he's made it to here. He's yep. made it. But do you look at where you're at right now as like a early chapter in a very big book where you have so much more and bigger places to go and not just, hey, this is it? If this was an encyclopedia, mm-hmm. I'm just in the beginning. Right. You know Still what I'm like, saying? Right. You're in the intro. You know, right. people people see this this empire um, that I'm building right now with the brand. Um but what they're going to know me for in the end may not be what they know me for in the beginning. Right. Um, and that's just the, the real reality of it. Um, I, I think I'll always be looked upon as a serial entrepreneur. And, I, and I'm going to build Big Dave to a massive, massive company, which is already in it and headed forward, too. I want to you be. on that Shark Tank uh, yeah. special guest, right? Yeah, I got to be a, a that'd be, judge. That'd be tight. Yeah, I got to be a judge on there. That'd be awesome. Um, but... um. All of these things that I've already accomplished, it feels good. But I think if I sit in these accomplishments, it makes you stagnant. Mm-hmm. It makes you, you know, feel like you already won. How do you balance that? Uh, how do you give yourself like kudos a little bit? Um, oh no, no, no! I'm not saying that. I'm happy as hell. Inside. But how do you balance like? Um, the... I take my vacations. I party. I have fun. <laughs> I ain't saying that. I'm a right. fun entrepreneur. He's like I'm high right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fun entrepreneur, but. The thing is, is that I think um, when it comes to people uh, being stagnant is because they feel like they've made it. Your ego been stroked so much. Uh, you got money in the bank. You can wake up and do whatever the hell you want. But that's not that's not how I see making it. I see the level of making it when one day I'm going to wake up in the morning and uh, one of my sons is going to come to me and may say, Dad, what do you think about sitting down and me becoming the CEO and you just enjoying the rest of your days? You take mom, y'all go travel south of south of France, whatever you want to do. Right. Um, and I see that as making it. I'm gonna tell you why. Because if I can get my son first job. As a CEO. I mean, it'd be pretty, pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. But you get what I'm I saying? I hope you complete that loop. Yeah. So that's like LeBron. He's going to, and I believe this, he's going to be the first guy that plays in the league with his son. Yeah. He's got to do it. All right. I'm going to tell you 
same example I'm making. Uh-huh. That's the level of I made it. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Yeah, no, for real. I get because that. you that, actually that. get to see what you love and what you put into the world fell in love with through your love to be able to do the same thing that you love. That is making it. That's called yeah. I trained the kid the right way to understand how we keep this legacy going. Yeah, no, that's that's badass. Tell me about the future of Dave's and the franchise situation. What's the you know, what's the big picture here? Um what's the idea? A hundred uh locations in the next uh twelve to twenty four months. That sounds like a lot. Um, it does, but I mean like in a good way, but I'm like, how yeah. do you actually do that? Um I'm gonna show you. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we all get one. Yeah. Uh, no, so two. you gotta take you five. Get... <laughs> That's the thing. Oh, so yeah, so what is So you like... gotta take five. So right now we're not doing singles. You got you gotta take five. And, and why is that? Is that because it's just easier to get skin in the game kind of thing? Or um what? two, um, I'm still a, a new franchise company. Right. And I wanna make sure that I professionally get in bed with the right people, good operators, people that I wanna see scale. Like if sure. you start with your five, I wanna take you personally to a hundred. Okay. You know what I'm saying? If I take if I take right now all these people to a hundred locations, and that's just you know hypothetically me speaking, mm-hmm. it's easier to get to a thousand that way um, to be able because what what they can do is like say right now if you said to me you want the whole Texas right, mm-hmm. and I say okay I give you the whole Texas, but under your umbrella you could bring up so many entrepreneurs to give their own locations under your umbrella and totally, that's, and that's what I care about. I care about who can I invest in just like me to bring in other people. Bigger swings here. Yeah, right? because listen, I get the bigger swing with the person that understands me as a captain that can bring in the soldiers versus I can get the soldiers. Also, you're kind understand. of like hiring other little captains, right? Because like, yeah, but but right? that's what the soldier. That's what that's what the captain's going to do. The captain's uh-huh. going to be the person that say, okay, that I look upon and say, oh, you think like me and you carry business like me and i know that the culture of the brand wouldn't change and i know that you recruit you would recruit that way also because mm-hmm. we're like-minded we're on the same mission so that mission driven is going to help us get to the bigger figure in the end with the same type of people that see the vision in the brand i'm gonna throw a pivot question here come on who's your favorite basketball player right now my favorite right now i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna say lebron and i'm gonna tell you why for so yeah. many reasons LeBron is my favorite on and off the court. Um, he's my favorite on the court because you've never seen LeBron pay in any game he didn't make somebody better. That's true. That's the way I look at my entrepreneur game. Like, I make people better around me. Mm-hmm. Outside of basketball, he's a businessman. He's made smart decisions. Um, he's been able to create the the level of massive success through his empire, not just in the NBA, but through investments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it takes genius level of mindset to do that. I mean, you got to think about it. He was already at 18 years old with a multi-million dollar Nike contract. Yeah. So if you give a kid that young already a level of access. Anyone could fuck that up. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So like, I think for him, he's a goat for that because uh-huh. out of his whole career, you've seen LeBron every year go level to level to level. And now he's at a level now where um, he's a billionaire playing basketball and that's unheard right. of. Which so, is... By the way, man, next time I come, y'all better have some mic holders. This mic heavy as shit. Look, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm over the, here switching hands. Like, I, right. think, I think it's that 40 millimeter on uh-huh. wrist, actually. Oh, all right. I don't know. <laughs> he said, my wrist hurts. Like, yeah, look at the size of that damn thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, uh, this has been a blast, dude. And I wanted to say this. I want to give you your flowers. Like, you know, I was looking at you from afar, you know, just being on social media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when I was growing a brand, I just... I liked your content. I thought you guys were funny as hell. A lot of stuff you do. I used to these guys crazy shit. Thank you, man. But it used to just, you know, it used to give me that level of, like, they live life. They don't care how people think of them. They mm-hmm. just want to be themselves to be able to be the best they can be for the universe. I'm and glad you That's got how that I looked from, at yeah. it. I did get that. I got that I appreciate that because that's really kind of, yeah. I, mean, I see the same in you. Where yeah. I'm just out here doing my thing, man. Yeah. And is what it is, but like, yeah, I was humbled that you you reached out and and by the way, I don't I, I don't do that. I'm like, you know what? It's time, you know. No, like, but I was like, oh yeah, like, why did you reach out? Um, I was like, because, like, oh, like, what's his because, angle, right? <laughs> because the angle was for me to to do even just you know us linking up was for me to understand who you were mm-hmm. outside of social media. Okay, um, because Fair. you drew my interest. 
You know what I'm saying? As a person. Yeah. So I'm like, I want to meet like-minded people, whether you're white, black, no matter. Yeah, yeah. I want to meet like-minded people so that the connection, listen, I tell people this, your network is definitely your net worth, right? Mm -hmm. But your resource is your next goal. Oh, I mean, for sure. You get what I'm saying? That's like the most I know the more people I build with that inspire me in some type of way, Mm -hmm. I get to my next goal. You know, so it's a stepping ladder. So if I'm looking at you and I'm seeing your content online and I'm seeing how you carry yourself, I want to meet you. Yeah, I, I'm in a stage now with my life where I, I can jump out the box and say it's cool for me to say, "Hey, yo, you inspire me." I'm you're cool not with afraid that. to just DM and be like, nah, "Hey, what's up, bro?" Like, nah, because I'm me because I know I'm the shit without doing that. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I have that level of you're not worried about myself. Yeah. Nah, you know some people they'll listen. I meet celebrities and be like. They'll, they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard a little bit about it. No, you know a lot about it, bro. I'm in everything smoking. <laughs> Say, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm in like, more no, shit. I'm in more lie. shit than you are right you were now. You at it earlier. <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh-huh. I don't want to be that person. I'm going to give you your flowers in front of you. I was looking no, I appreciate at you. That. You inspired me. It I watched a lot. it. You no. know what I'm saying? I, so, you were just going through your Rolodex. You're like, man, I just need, like, a bleached haired white guy in my fucking. <laughs> <laughs> right. I need to, like, spice it up in here right. a little bit. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I was yeah. humbled that you reached out. And, um, we're also fans of what you guys do. And we go to. We eat your food too, so like yeah, we're honored that we're here. Oh, for and listen, tonight if y'all not doing nothing, we, yeah. I'm to bar vegan. Um, celebrate my I'm party. A, I'm a thousand percent. In. I'm listen. I'm taking shots. I'm getting getting. Okay, let me see, let me see. Let me see, see how this guy gets out. <laughs> now I appreciate it, man. It's it. been a blast, dude. Cheers, man. Yeah, awesome. Talking to Death is a production of Tenderfoot TV and iHeart Podcast, created and hosted by Payne Lindsay. For Tenderfoot TV, executive producers are Payne Lindsay and Donald Albright. Co-executive producer is Mike Rooney. For iHeart Podcasts, executive producers are Matt Frederick and Alex Williams. With original music by Makeup and Vanity Set. Additional production by Mike Rooney, Dylan Harrington, Sean Nurney, Dayton Cole, and Gustav Wilde for Cohedo. Production support by Tracy Kaplan, Mara Davis, and Trevor Young. Mixing and mastering by Cooper Skinner and Dayton Cole. Our cover art was created by Rob Sheridan. Check out our website, talkingtodeathpodcast.com. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.